0: So good to be here tonight. I want to deal with a passage of Scripture tonight that I've been thinking about a lot related to just these unique times that we live in. And um, in some ways, we can go along functioning fairly normally, but in a lot of ways, we're not. And how does our Christian responsibility relate to that? So we're going to look at a passage tonight that I've been just thinking about mulling over in my mind for some time from Ephesians chapter 5. Did I tell you the chapter 5? And we're going to begin reading in verse 15. And if you're able to, please stand with us for the reading of the scripture and then we'll have prayer together. Beginning in verse 15, it says, the Bible says, See then that you walk circumspectly Not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time. Because the days are evil. We're going to talk about all these verses, but that phrase especially is one that's really just been uh, challenging to my thinking recently. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. You know, redeeming the time is a command for all people at all times that are God's people ever since Paul wrote this epistle to the Ephesian church. And it's it's a challenge. I think if a person takes many of the commandments of Scripture personally and seriously, they're a challenge. And so this is a command to be good stewards of your time. Use your time wisely. We'll talk a little bit more specifically specifically what that means so we're to use our time wisely recognizing the value of that commodity our time but i think it's even a greater risk challenge when we have all these disruptions and and restrictions that we're dealing with and so we're going to make that application tonight so let's pray and ask the lord to help us as we study his word father thank you again for the privilege to open up the bible together to study the bible together Lord, we pray for your help, help all of us as we open the scripture to do it with a serious mind, with a sober mind, with a a sincere mind, and Lord, with an open mind, a receptive mind, we pray. And help us to not only understand what the Bible says, but Lord, understand how you're speaking to us personally, individually, and as a church through your word tonight. And we do pray for others who are not here tonight. Some because of sickness, some because of just the concern about um, the possibility of getting sick, and um, various reasons. I just pray that you'd, you would you uh, would help each one of us, though we're here or absent, uh, to get your word and to walk with you and to have, receive the grace you have for us. And we thank you in Jesus' name, Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. So what are we to do, you know, in times like these? And it seems to me, I don't know how it seems to you, but it seems to me when I think about that we've been in this this adjusted lifestyle for five months. That's a long time. I mean, we're closing in on a half a year. And, uh, And many things that were routine have been disrupted. Even you think about ministries. Ministries here in our own church, ministries that we're accustomed to having, children's churches, services, and nursing home services, jail services, and these things have been disrupted. And for, I think, people who are involved maybe in these ministries, they're obviously affected more directly. But then you think about conferences that have been rescheduled or you know, my wife and I are, are scheduled to be at a meeting in a couple of weeks, Lord willing, down in Oklahoma. That meeting, we were supposed to be in the spring. They had to cancel it because they had some uh, COVID-positive testing in their, in their church, so they had to reschedule it. Just I mean, these things have disrupted many schedules. And then you think about things like, you know, vacations, weddings, you know, special events. Um, Jedediah and Lauren not being able to see Wyatt for two weeks. You know, that's a tough place to be. I mean, these, these, are real, these are real problems. These are real situations that affect people's lives. And in churches, always adjusting our schedule, you know, what we're allowed to do, when we're allowed to do it. I have a, a very good friend uh, whose daughter... Uh, was expecting a baby several weeks ago, and, be- and then she was tested positive. This, his daughter was tested positive. And so they, t- they took her in the hospital and took the baby by, I guess, C-section. And, and so she was in the hospital. She was in a very, this young lady was in the hospital in a very serious way for many weeks. Never saw her baby one time because her baby's released and home and she can't see her baby. Now, a lot of people look at this and say, oh, this is not real. It's not really a sickness. This, it's all in people's minds. I'm telling you, it's a real problem. And it's silly. It's, it's really not only silly, it's irresponsible for people to act like that it's not a real problem. And I know that people have hyped up the fear and I, that's, that's unfortunate. People shouldn't have to be afraid, but people are afraid. Many people are very afraid. And we're not supposed to be afraid. You know, God's very clear about that. Brother uh, Lucas Kelly brought a, Shelley brought a great message about it the other night. But some people are even afraid to go to church. My wife and I, she had some uh, x-rays on her knee done today in St. Louis. So that's the first time we've been out in two weeks, really, except to go to the doctor and find out that we had the plague. But other than that, we've not really been out. So we go to, we make, we make a stop at Walmart we make a stop at Lowe's. My wife wanted to do that. And uh, we made several stops. So we're going through Walmart. And I, have, I don't go to Walmart much. But now they have a direction you're supposed to go, down the aisle. And, and so we were walking down the aisle the right direction. But there were several people coming from the wrong direction. And didn't bother me. I don't care where, how they shop. But boy, there was a lady coming our direction that her body language said, I thought we might be about to have a scene <laughs> because have a citizen's arrest or something. Because this person, I'm just telling you, people are just on edge about so many things. I read a news story yesterday about a, about a woman who threw hot coffee on a stranger because he wasn't wearing a mask. Isn't that crazy? I mean, we're talking about, you know, you say, well, it's, you know, it's y'all imagined. I'm just telling you, I think the devil is just really using this stuff in a real way. And so then you ask the question, you know, when are we going to, when might things get back to normal? And I don't know that. Some things, by the way, I, I don't care I kind of like the new normal. I'll give you an example. We were in, we in St. Louis today. We went by two steak and shakes that have free french fries for anybody, even if that's all you get. You just drive through and get free french fries. If that, to me, that, if they stick that, if they, if they continue that throughout this thing, I'd be glad with that. We didn't get any, by the way. But here's, my, here's the application. We're thinking about our passage. You know, what are we supposed to do? Are we supposed to put everything on hold until we get back to normal. Should we quit witnessing, you know? Because we're afraid, uh, you know, or because we think people are going to be afraid. You know, should we quit serving the Lord? Um, You know, I, I can clearly remember, though it's been decades ago, that when we started serving the Lord, and we didn't start serving the Lord because circumstances were favorable, We started serving the Lord because God says to. And that would be in season and out of season. You know what I'm saying? That's not that's not just when there's nothing, not a pandemic going on. And there are people in our church whose some of their specific areas of ministry are not possible now. I mentioned some of them earlier. You know, we haven't been having the choir sing. We don't have we haven't had Sunday school classes. We haven't had children's church services. We haven't had jail ministries. And that's such a, an important outreach of our church. We haven't been going to the nursing homes. We go to three nursing homes every week. We haven't been in five months. And so, so people that are involved in these different ministries by because of the situation, the circumstances. They're not able to serve in those ministries, but here's the question that I'm raising tonight based on this passage. We're fixing to get into several principles in this passage. Does that mean we just quit serving the Lord until those ministries resume? I mean, we hope we get back in the jails sometimes. What if they never reopen the jails for ministry? What if they never reopen the nursing homes for ministry? You say that's not possible. I don't I would hope it's not possible, but what that you don't know what's gonna happen. Maybe there are other ways that we could imagine a person that says, "You know, I'm, I believe God wants me involved in the jail ministry. I believe God wants me involved in the nursing home ministry." And yet, that ministry, that ministry ceases to be a, an option or ceases to be available. Does that mean we're just going to quit serving altogether? And, I, and the answer, the obvious answer to me is, is no. I don't think that means that. You know, I've thought many times in the last 5 months of a lot of worthwhile projects that could be being done you know by people who say well i've got some extra time now i'm not doing this maybe i could do that and i'm just thinking maybe it might be wise for us to think about ways that we could serve and minister when our normal area of ministry is not available and i as i was thinking about that you know i'm thinking i was my wife and i noticed some places of business today that are shut down they're out of business and a lot of businesses have shut down. But a lot of other businesses have found creative ways to work through these inconveniences and continue to be a viable, thriving business. And really, we ought, I think we ought to be the same way. We ought to be, if we can't do one thing we normally do to serve, maybe we ought to be thinking, God, what can we do? What could we do? Because he's worthy of our service and people still need ministry even though they may not be in the typical ministry we think about. And so as we look at our text here in Ephesians 5, you know, there's some very practical advice about using our time wisely. I want to begin by looking in verse 15, though, where it says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Now, that's a a pretty strong statement. See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Now, what does the word circumspect mean? It's a combination of two words: circum, uh, which means a circle, a circumference is a circle. Uh, a, a, a circus is called that because it is in, because it has rings, circles, circus, circ. A circumstances are a stance. It's where you stand and things that are around you, your circumstances. So, circumspect, the first word has to do with a circle or something that's round. The word spec, circumspect, the word spec has to do with your spectacles, You're being a spectator. It's what you see. Circumspect. The word circumspect means. When you're walking, be aware of everything that's around you. Be aware of your surroundings. Walking circumspectly, that's what it says in verse 15, see that you walk circumspectly, it's awareness of what's around you. A synonym would be like uh, diligent or being uh, cautious or aware, being circumspect. It's watching all around, being aware of all things. And that's an admonition from the word of God for all times. But it's especially relevant, I think, for this time. It also says in verse 15, see that you walk circumspectly, not as fools. It's a foolish person who does not walk circumspectly. It's a foolish person who's not aware of their surroundings. I, made a, I said this to my wife today, and I've, I've said it to her before. Uh, I think she's a better driver than I am. And the reason she's a better driver is uh, she stays focused on her surroundings better than I do. Sometimes I have a tendency to gawk and look at stuff, and you know what I'm saying. And, uh, she, and she saved our life, or at least saved us from bodily harm, many, many times. It's not smart to drive a vehicle it's not sm- and, and be distracted by your cell phone or by other things that are going on. It's not wise to be walking along or traveling. And it's, not li- and it's not wise to go through life not paying attention to the things that are around you. That's what circumspect means. And again it says in verse 15, not as fools, but as wise. It's foolish not to be alert to your surroundings. You know, it's like a mouse who only sees and smells what seems good to his appetite, but he doesn't realize that when he gets it, he's going to feel a sharp pain on the back of his neck. We need to be aware of our circumstances. We're going to. Be, we need to be aware of the times, the things that are going on around us. Foolishness in verse 15 is the opposite of wisdom. Not as fools, but as wise. He mentions this. Uh, factor again in verse 17 when he says wherefore be ye not unwise unwise means mindless it means ignorant the actual proper definition is a word that I don't really like to use it's the word stupid that's what unwise is foolish it's stupid it's without thinking there's this great contrast in this picture between circumspect Walking, looking, aware of what your surroundings, and being foolish. Now, there are a lot of implications to this. um, Individually, for our lives, for our families. You know, a lot of times, in our own families, sometimes, we're not even paying attention to what's going on around us. With our children, the things they're doing, the attitudes they have. There are applications on a national level. We ought to be aware of what's going on in our world. Very concerning things are happening in our world today. Very concerning. Uh, I personally believe if something radically, something radical doesn't happen in our country, we're headed for our demise. I mean, it's really there are a lot of bad things happening, and I don't mean everything is evil and everything's bad. But I'm just saying we ought to wake up and realize we can't continue down this course without some serious repercussions. We ought to be circumspect of what's going on around us that includes seeing what we should be doing it ought to be even looking at our own lives and recognizing our behavior things that could lead to bad results you know in a time like this like i said we're five months into this In a time like this there are pastors who are concerned that their people are going to get accustomed to not coming to church and quit coming to church or not being as faithful as they once did or they once served the Lord but now they've quit because their ministry shut down. Will they ever get back in the groove and harnessed up to serve the Lord again? Um, We ought to ask we ought to look at our our own behavior our attitudes. Be circumspect about that. You've heard me refer to this before but one of the most productive thoughts that I've ever had in my life when I, when I was about 20 years old, maybe 21, and this, this keen awareness came to my mind. If you continue to go the direction you're going, your destination is not going to be pretty. I would never thought like that before. I was, a, I was just young and having fun and getting in trouble and running with the wrong people and doing the wrong things. But then all of a sudden I started thinking, this is not a sustainable lifestyle. It was good for me to think like that. Sometimes young people, even in church, are not really being circumspect about what's going on around them and in their own lives. A powerful verse of scripture in Proverbs is twice. It says, a prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but a fool Passes on and is punished. A foolish man. A, a, a prudent man sees what could happen and makes adjustments. But a fool just passes on and faces the consequences. I, I was sharing with my wife driving in tonight. I've, I'm sure you've heard about this great explosion in Beirut, Lebanon. In the last day or two. A horrific explosion, um, and more than 25 tons of ammonium nitrate exploded. Ammonium nitrate is a, is a material that's used in fertilizer. It was ammonium nitrate that Tim the McVeigh used in that Oklahoma City bombing. Y'all remember that? That was ammonium nitrate. 2,500 tons of ammonium nitrate. They said that it was heard, the, the explosion was heard 125 miles away. Imagine that. But what I read this morning was very interesting about that because they still, to this time, are not sure what ignited it, what detonated it. But what I read was, it kind of applies to this, that in 2013, there was a ship that came through that port in Beirut. And it had all this ammonium nitrate in it. It was a cargo. But there was some problem with it. it they weren't going to stay there. They were just coming through this port on the way to someone else. But they stopped them because of some technicality. I don't remember the detail. I don't think it's important right now. And so what they did was they put that stuff in storage in 2013 intending one of these days we're going to dispose of it one of these days we're going to get rid of it and seven years later either accidentally maybe it accidentally ignited maybe someone did it intentionally but the point is here was something that they should have taken care of but they let it go and now Thousands of people are injured, more than 100 people dead, a tremendous explosion. The point is, a prudent man looks and says, you know, if I don't do something about this, there could be a problem in the future. But a foolish person just passes on and is, will eventually be punished. It's foolish to go through life without being circumspect. The Bible says it's foolish don't be unwise. And some of the trends, I think, that we can see around us, people being afraid, that's not a good thing to be as afraid. People being afraid to engage the culture, and like like somehow, somehow we can just afford to put our ministries and our outreach and our discipleship on hold. For as long as there's a sickness around. I don't, that doesn't really make sense, does it? Biblically, it doesn't make sense. God gives us still opportunities. I I had a great opportunity to give the gospel to a guy today. I told you my wife had some uh, tests done, x-ray done. I was sitting out in the car. Reading, studying, preparing for tonight. And I heard this guy get in his car next to me. And his car goes, and I, and my first thought was I think I'm going to have a chance to witness to this guy and sure enough I said hey would you like a you know need a jump and he said yeah you got cables and we said yes and we and I just knew the lord had this made a, custom, a perfect opportunity to share the gospel with some I'm just telling you you know we need to get out of our head that because because there's a a pandemic because people are afraid that somehow somehow we need to put everything on hold it could, you know, it could very well be that there are more people open to the gospel now than otherwise would be and that brings us to the, the point that I, want, I mentioned earlier in verse 16 Let's look at verse 15 again seeing then that you walk circumspectly not as fools but as wise redeeming the time because the days are evil He said redeeming the time. Now, what time is he talking about? That we only have one time, and that time is now. We don't have past time. We can't control what's going to happen in the future. The only time we have is now. And so what he said to this this church here in Ephesus, the hours and the days and the moments that you have, you need to redeem that time. Now is the only time we have. Imagine the, imagine the mentality of saying, we can't really minister until such and such time that is determined by someone else. And it's like, to me, this is what I mean. That God's, God's Word says you need to redeem the time right now. The time that we have right now. And notice what those times are like. Look in verse 16. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Paul said the days that you're in are evil days. The word evil there doesn't just mean sinful. It means difficult, days full of hardships, perilous times. So what are we to do when the days that we're in are exceptionally difficult? I find that the different things we're dealing with make life a little more complex. I personally, you may not find it that way, but I find it to be that way. So, what are we to do? The Bible says we're to redeem the time. We're not to put everything on hold until time gets better. We're to redeem the time that we have, and this is quite the opposite of what our natural tendency is. I believe I think it's quite the opposite of what's ex- what most people would think we're supposed to do, and that is, you know, when t- when ministries are suspended and when interaction is being discouraged. You know, we might tend to be less inclined to redeem the time. Just sort of thinking, well, I'm going to wait till this. We're going to just wait till this storm passes over. And when this storm passes, there'll be a better time. But you know what? That's not what the Bible says. That's not what you say. Well, I can't teach my Sunday school class. Well, find something you can do. Find a way to witness to people. Find a way to minister to people. Find a way to encourage someone. You know, invite somebody to church. Invite, get, and you know what I'm saying? Just get the gospel out. Because here's something that does not happen in these difficult times. People don't stop needing the Lord. People still need the Lord. Matter of fact, they need the Lord maybe even more. Not just spiritually, but emotionally as well. I can promise you, and you know this if you think about it, that the enemy of righteousness does not take a vacation during a pandemic. The devil, is not, the devil has not said, you know what? This is not a good time. I just don't think I'm going to wreak havoc in people's lives. He doesn't do that. So we're still called to serve the Lord even in difficult times. The word redeem means to buy back. It means to take advantage of. It means to make the most of. It means to use our time wisely. So here's the question I'm I'm just proposing tonight for me and for all of us. How are we using our time in these days that are evil? And maybe, maybe it'd be good for us to take a good look at our time and be circumspect about it and ask ourselves, could I improve on the way I'm using my time? It's not just a time just to shut down. Now, we were forced over the last two weeks to be quarantined. And we, we, were, we, we did good. We had, we had to have some counseling a couple of times. But other than that, no, we did fine. But, I, you know, I used the time. I read some things. I read a book I've really been wanting to read and read some other things. We made the most of it, but, but uh, I'm just saying, this, we can't take five months of our life or six months of our life or 12 months of our life and just say, well, you know, I can't, I can't do my ministry. The nursing homes aren't open anymore, so I guess I can't serve anymore. I think we need to be redeeming the time. And then quickly in verse 17, there's a third thing. The first of all, verse 15, walk circumspectly, not as fools. Verse 16, redeeming the time. And then verse 17, wherefore be not unwise, but, don't be foolish, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. See, God has a will. And we need to know what that will is for our life, for our ministry, for how we're to respond in these evil times We need to ask the Lord about that, understanding what the will of the Lord is. What is God's will? And you don't find out God's will by reading social media or by, you know, checking out Fox News or CNN. Don't rely on these different people to let you know what God's will for your life is. We need to be asking the Lord for that. You know, some weeks ago, a couple of our people attended some of those uh, protests, those social justice protests. Um, And they weren't there to protest what the people were protesting about. They were there to give out the gospel. What a great opportunity to give out the gospel when people are meeting together to protest things. You know why they did that? Because we felt like something the Lord would have us to do. What would God have us to do? I mean, I... All of us want this to be over. The threat of the virus, you know, the social distancing recommendation, those kind of things, concern about the health of loved ones, and people are legitimately concerned about the health of their loved ones, and I understand that completely. But what if it lasts another six months? We need to be asking God, what is your will for us? What can we do to reach people? What can we do to point people to the cross. What can we be doing to get the gospel out? Now is the only time. You know the only time you have in your life is right now. It is. You say, well, we'll have tomorrow. We may. But the Bible says, boast not thyself of tomorrow. For thou knowest what what a what a day may bring forth. So I know there are things we can't do. There are things that we normally do we can't do. Things we're accustomed to doing we're not able to do. But let's not let's not just say because I can't do that that I'm not going to minister. Let's say, God show us what we can do. Show what your what your will is for us to do. There's a great promise in the Scripture, and I'll close with this Psalm 46:1. It says, "God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble." God is always God is always in the present. That was, he revealed himself to, to Moses that I am. And God always is. He's always sufficient. He's always there for us. And so I just feel, for my own life, I've been thinking about this and praying about this, thinking, Lord, even though there are things we can't do, what can we do? To minister to people, to reach people, to be encouragement to people. And you know what? I believe if we ask the Lord... He'll help us to know that. He'll show us that. He'll give us ways that we can do that. Redeeming the time. Redeeming the time.